All right, Canada Club episode nine. I want to thank each and every one of you for your contributions. You get these special episodes. On this episode, here's what I want to talk about. I want to talk about Jersey Jack Pinball and how I think they're making a huge, huge miscalculation about their own company. I know I don't run them, but I really think Jersey Jack Pinball is at a crossroads in which they are either gonna go in one direction and they're gonna chase, I think, the wrong company, or they can go in another direction and I think be the pinball company this company always should have been. But before I do that, I wanna quickly talk about Stern's Godzilla. I'm here to confirm for you 1,000%, it is Godzilla. You are going to see the teaser probably today. I mean that. We're going to see the teaser by the end of this week. The teaser video will show you just the name Godzilla. Stern loves to do this, right? They sort of give you the confirmation that it's coming. And then the next week, we will get the full game reveal. It is Keith Elwin. It is Zombie Yeti. It is their team of coders that have worked with Elwin in the past. And here's what I'm hearing about Godzilla. This is the first time anyone's going to hear this and you're hearing it because you're a member of the Canada Club. So I'm hearing that this game has three flippers. Okay, that's not a shocking revelation considering Keith Elwin loves to have that upper flipper shot. Um, I'm also hearing that this has one pop bumper. One pop bumper that's down low a la Circus Voltaire. So that is something new that we haven't seen in a Keith Elwin game before. I'm hearing that this is going to be Stern's nicest world under glass since Ghostbusters. That there are going to be sculpted buildings in this game. And when you look down, it's just a world exploding up off of that wood. The other thing I heard is there's not one major mechanism, but there's a lot of ramps, a lot of wire forms. That is why I'm hearing this game is Ghostbusters meets Avengers Infinity Quest. And if you look at Avengers, right, if you look down at that game, there's a lot of ramps, there's a lot of wire forms, the ball's going up, it's going left, it's going right. It looks really, really cool, all of the metal wire form in Avengers. But here's something that I've been thinking about because doing those metal wire forms and having this sort of roller coaster kind of appearance to a pinball machine, it's very cool. You definitely want to jump on and see the ball whip around all those wire forms. But the truth is this, those wire forms are really cheap. It's really, really cheap for Stern to make metal ramps and wire forms take over most of the real estate of a pinball machine. And I'm a little bit worried that Stern is still not going to really push the envelope of toys and mechanisms, that they're still going to double down on stuff that doesn't break stuff that's not hard to manufacture, and stuff that doesn't have really much mechanical movement. And I'm going to be somewhat sad if we see Godzilla and it doesn't have something like the T-Rex mech in this game. I mean, it's Godzilla battling all these monsters, stomping on tanks, walking through Tokyo. How can this game not have some big mechanical mech that's going to wow us? I don't think it's in it. I don't expect to see it now. The other thing I heard this game has is a rotating table a la Batman 66. So will that be in the game? So that's what I'm hearing, that there's a rotating section, a pop bumper in the lower section of the game, three flippers, lots of metal ramps, and lots of wire forms weaving around all of these buildings. So we will see this game very soon next week. And I'm also hearing that the Ellie art package is stunning. All the art packages are nice, but Zombie Yeti went the extra mile on the Ellie of this game. 
I also heard that there's gonna be artwork around the QR code area. So for those of you thinking it's gonna be this ugly red, like scan your QR code here, nope. I think they've implemented it into the art package nicely. And Stern's gonna use Godzilla as a way to launch all of their new innovations together. I do think this will be a statement game. I do think this game is gonna sell out day one for the LEs. And unfortunately, you know, I was looking on the Pinside Marketplace yesterday, Unfortunately, where the market is at, I saw it. Someone listed Ghostbusters LE for $15,000. Everyone thinks every single pinball machine that Stern has made that's an LE is now worth over $10,000. The market is really stupid right now. And the problem with the market being so stupid right now is that nobody... Nobody who can get their hands on an LE is ever gonna give it up and let their neighbor buy it for MSRP. You would almost be stupid not to just get the game and sell it for four or $5,000 more than you paid for it. I mean, we are at the point now where a $10,000 pinball machine will give you a 50% return on your investment on day one. Before anyone even flips this machine, we are probably going to see Godzilla pinball machines sell for $15,000, even though Stern sold it to you for $10,000. The market is insane right now. Nothing I say will change that. It's disappointing to me seeing all of this happen because I would rather, and I mean this, I would rather buy the machine from Stern Pinball for $15,000 and they would put $5,000 more worth of stuff in the game. And that's the real tragedy of all of these inflated prices is Ghostbusters doesn't have $7,000 more in it now. They didn't fix the shot geometry in a Ghostbusters LE. The game is still horrible. But the reason why I think Godzilla is going to do so well for Stern, it's going to be as beautiful as Ghostbusters was, but shoot as good as a Keith Elwin pin. And I don't think we've had a Keith Elwin pin that has been as beautiful as Ghostbusters and shoots as good as a Keith Elwin pin. I think his best shooting game is still Iron Maiden, but that theme and that artwork is not as good as Ghostbusters. And I think Jurassic Park was probably his best game, but the art package on it, not that great. And so I think this could be the one. Now, what's going to be interesting about Godzilla when you think about it, are they going to use clips from the original Godzilla series? I'm not sure what's going to be up on that screen. I'm not sure what the mission of the game is. So we shall see. But everything in the pinball world is about to be taken over by Godzilla. Now, Godzilla coming out right now is the worst news you could get if you're American pinball. David Fix made a colossal mistake. He waited too long. And their next game, I'm telling you, it's Legends of Valhalla. And he's going to release it after Godzilla. And it's going to fall completely flat. He waited too long. If he launched it a few months ago, he would have got at least 500, I think, sold. I think now nobody cares. I also think Godzilla is going to put a lot more pressure on Cactus Canyon Remake. There is just no way that this hobby can absorb four to five titles all priced around $10,000 all at once. It's gonna be more an issue of space than money even. It's just getting kinda nutty how this industry can't space itself out better than it is right now. All right, so that's Stern Godzilla coming next week. So Jersey Jack Pinball, this is the company as we're about to approach on the one year anniversary of Guns N' Roses coming out. And all the times that Jersey Jack has told us he wants to ship two games a year. They have never been able to do that. They've never been able to even release or reveal two games in a year, let alone make two games a year. 
So Guns N' Roses has obviously been a huge hit for them. They've sold over 5,000 Guns N' Roses machines. We all know about the quality issues. We all know about that. So here is what I'm hearing, and this is a rumor, but this is what I'm hearing is the future direction of Jersey Jack Pinball. I'm hearing that Pat Lawler's last game will be Toy Story, that he is looking to retire after Toy Story comes out. So this could be the final game of Pat Lawler that Steve Ritchie will step into that senior leadership role when Pat retires. I'm also hearing that Eric Minier's next game is completed. I'm hearing it's done, I'm hearing it's sitting next to Toy Story, and I'm hearing they're playing it today. I'm hearing his next game is a game that's gonna be fast. It's a game that's designed to have speed and to have quick shots with a lot of flow, which is really interesting, right? We're so used to Eric like loading up with mechanisms. So will Eric's game be something that's much more wide open and have speed as the main element? I'm also, this is just me speculating, if it's a fast game with a lot of speed, I do think it's gonna be The Matrix. I think that's the title that makes the most sense. And I think The Matrix, if you think about speed, cause see, I could see Matrix being this game that has a combination of speed and flow with a lot of magnets and doing really cool stuff with magnets and speed to bring that Matrix world to life because that's what The Matrix was all about. That sort of, you move fast, you're fighting all these enemies, you're doing Kung Fu, and then all of a sudden it slows down and it rotates. So I'm curious to see if it's going to be the matrix and if eric's game is going to be something that's much more speed focused but here is the other thing that i'm hearing is that steve ritchie has also been brought into jersey jack pinball to do a few things he's been brought in to make their games easier to manufacture to make it so it's not so difficult and not so complex to make Jersey Jack machines. If that's the case, it means Jersey Jack Pinball is trying to move in the direction of Stern Pinball. When you lift the playfield on a Stern machine, you will see why Stern Pinball makes so much money per game. They've figured out a way to really get the bomb to a low place and to really make the games look stunning without a lot of mechanical stuff in these games. You go and lift the hood on most modern Stern machines and there's not much under the playfield. If you go and lift the hood on a Hobbit or a Wizard of Oz or a Dialed In, you are gonna see so much under that playfield, so much so that it's immediately apparent that Jersey Jack Pinball's profit margins are nowhere near what Stern's must be. So much so that it's apparent that making and manufacturing a Jersey Jack pinball machine is 10 times the headache than it is over at Stern for their manufacturing line. And so Jersey Jack Pinball is a really interesting company to me because people want full featured games. People want these games with deep code. Homeowners want this stuff. And I think Jersey Jack Pinball trying to move this company to be more like Stern so they can get two games out a year I think it's a mistake. I think Jersey Jack Pinball needs to behave more like Rolex and less like Stern. I think they're chasing the wrong thing. I think they need to think about themselves more like Rolex. They are making luxury pinball machines for the discerning collector, for the person who wants quality, for the person that wants more complexity, for the person that wants craftsmanship. I think that's the best word. For the ultimate pinball craftsmanship game of the year, I think a Jersey Jack pinball machine should be levels above 
everything else in the industry. If they go after Stern and they try to make their games easier to make, if they try to make their games less complex, if they try to remove some of the craftsmanship from their games and they try to become more like Stern and get more volume out of year by making their games easier to manufacture, I do think they are moving in the wrong direction. Now, how many watches does Rolex make a year? Now, you could say this is a ton of watches. Rolex makes over a million watches a year. So you could say, Chris, what are you talking about? Rolex is selling a high-end product at volume. But Rolex is not the number one watch manufacturer in the world. The number one watch manufacturer in the world is Fossil and they make 50 million watches a year. So Rolex is 50 times smaller than the largest watch manufacturer in the world. Now, if we were to look at Stern Pinball as the largest pinball manufacturer in the world, because they are, why would Jersey Jack wanna continue to try to compete with volume? Especially as we see all of these pinball prices going through the roof. It's so apparent that Jersey Jack Pinball should be embracing a position in the marketplace as a luxury pinball manufacturer. I don't know why that's so hard for them to embrace. I've been saying it for a while, but I think with Steve Ritchie coming in and with his stern expertise, they're going to try to take Jersey Jack Pinball in a stern direction. And I think it's going to fail. And here's why. Because I think what's going to happen is Jersey Jack Pinball is going to start to remove more and more from their games. I do. And you could see it now. Like if you lift the hood, and I mean this, lift the hood on Guns N' Roses. It is much simpler than any other Jersey Jack machine that has ever been made. Just go lift the hood on one and put it next to their previous machines. You'll see exactly what I'm talking about. It's still a beautiful machine. It's still got beautiful artwork. It's still got a lot to do. They yanked out stuff like a subway system. They yanked out stuff like a big drop bank. Now, when you see Guns N' Roses, you know where the entrance to the scoop is? That used to be a big drop target. The three piano keys was one big target that you hit that dropped down. So for people complaining that you always get into the scoop, it wasn't designed that way. So they removed that and they removed the subway system. And I think Toy Story is really going to be a telltale sign on which direction Jersey Jack is going in. Is it gonna be packed? Is it gonna be loaded? Now my guess is this, I'm telling you right now, this is just Canada guessing. I think Pat Lawler has been driving some of this simplification. And you know, Pat Lawler's the reason why they made Willy Wonka standard. And when you look at Willy Wonka, it's another game that doesn't really have a ton in it compared to Jersey Jack's earlier offerings. Now, unfortunately for Jersey Jack Pinball, even as they've simplified stuff, right, the quality hasn't gone up. And they must be super frustrated because they're taking stuff out of their games and the quality has sort of remained problematic even to this day. This is why I say Jersey Jack Pinball needs to call timeout and ask themselves, what kind of company do we want to be? If we sell at volume, we're going to have a hard time keeping the quality high. And, and we've seen it. We've seen it with Guns N' Roses. We've seen it with every single machine they've had. For some reason, when it comes to the quality, when they start manufacturing these machines, there's just too many issues. And every time you open up a Jersey Jack pinball thread, everything I'm seeing in it is issue after issue after issue. You can't have it like that, right? Rolex would not be Rolex if people's watches kept breaking down. And so if they're gonna study Rolex and not Stern, how do we make a product that is pretty bulletproof? And I think the way you get there, I do, I think the way you get there 
is you gotta relieve some of the pressure on yourself. To get the quality where you need it to be, to be a luxury pinball machine, you need to have really highly skilled workers putting every single game together. All right, that's first and foremost. And we know that has not been the case with Jersey Jack Pinball over the years. Back in Jersey, they were using temp workers, temp workers to make these expensive machines. Temp workers are not gonna cut it. So if you wanna get people who become highly skilled at making pinball, you need to make them salaried employees and you need to train them and they need to become experts at this by doing it for tens of thousands of hours. But you also want them to remain loyal. You want people to stay there for years. So you're not gonna get the quality there with temp workers. Now, it's hard to pay people salaries on the line if your line's not always running. It's also hard to pay people salaries if it takes a long time for development. I think it would be almost impossible to pay salaried employees to be your line workers, especially in pinball when there's delays and when you're waiting around, unless you do one thing, unless you set a limit to how many games you're going to make a year and you price your games accordingly and you limit the supply of your luxury pinball machine so that you can make each game a year with your highly skilled workforce and you will charge accordingly because your product will be levels above anything else in the marketplace. I'm talking about high-end luxury pinball. When you stand over a Guns N' Roses machine, when you look at that machine and when you see that machine all lit up and when you see how beautiful it is and you look at a Guns N' Roses and it's the same price basically as a Stern, it's not Stern's fault. Stern is super smart. Why is Jersey Jack trying to sell these machines at volume? Why are they trying to sell 5,000 Guns N' Roses machines? If we take where Rolex is compared to the number one watchmaker, they make 50 times less machines. Let's say Stern makes 20,000 pinball machines a year in a good year. Jersey Jack, if you wanna be the luxury pinball maker in the world, how many games is that a year? Is it 5,000? I still think that's too many. That's only four times less than the number one. I think Jersey Jack pinball should only make 1,500 games a year. That's it. That's all we're making. And I think Jersey Jack should cap how many of each title they're going to make from the very beginning. And I think they should take this company into a more high-end place. And I would, if I were them, say we're going to make 500 collector's editions and 1,000 LEs a year of this title. And that's it. And that's it. That's all you're making of Guns N' Roses. And if you want to make 3,000 a year, right? And let's just, let's just play devil's advocate like we want to make more games. Okay, but then the other 1,500 is another title. It's not just the same game. You can't survive like this. So make 1,500 Guns N' Roses and make 1,500 Toy Stories for a total of 3,000 games a year. But that's it. Don't keep trying to grow, 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 grow. They clearly can't do it. They can't turn on a second line. How long have they been in Chicago? There's still no second line. And I think Jersey Jack Pinball continues to want to be Stern Pinball. And I think they bought a space that makes them capable of being big like Stern Pinball. It's like they have dreams of being big by volume. And I really think Jersey Jack Pinball should rethink this whole thing. Because the real thing is this, Jersey Jack Pinball leaves money on the table every single release. They could easily charge way more per machine 
if they simply capped how many of those machines they would make in total. What if they said, we're only going to make 3,000 of each game ever? Ever. Yes, they might be able to make more money if they increase the volume and sell 6,000 Guns and Roses, but at what price are they paying for that? I'll tell you what price they're paying. Now they can't make another game. Is it worth it? That's my whole question for Jersey Jack Pinball. Is it worth it to go to scale and to try to get more volume? Why does Jersey Jack want to be a volume player in the pinball space? We know the Abbas family doesn't really need the money. It's like they're chasing Stern. And I really don't think they should be chasing Stern. It's like they're chasing that. You know, they want to be competition for Stern. And I would just go in the other direction. I would just say if our goal is to be the most high-end, premium, luxury pinball, that's not for everybody. Stern is making pinball for everybody. Stern has three to four to five titles a year. They are going to embarrass you with volume always. Always. What's really sad is that Stern is embarrassing JJP when it comes to quality. They're embarrassing JJP when it comes to number of titles. They're embarrassing JJP when it comes to customer service. If I'm Jersey Jack, I'm like, we need to hit pause and we need to rethink this entire thing. And I say this because I don't even know when they're going to show Toy Story. How many years will it take to get to Eric's next game? Now, here's the really unpopular thing I'm about to say. Chris, so if you're only going to make 1,500 games a year, what are you going to charge for those machines? Are you ready? This is assuming that you get the quality where it needs to be. You kick Mirko to the curb. You've got the best play fields in pinball. You have the most amazing mechanisms and worlds under glass and code in your game. And you give people just like the most high-end luxury pinball experience. Are you ready for it? I think you only have two prices. And it's that simple. And a Jersey Jack LE is 15 grand. And a Jersey Jack Collector's Edition is 20 grand. And that's it. That's it. And it's not for everybody. And if you want one, that's what it costs. And if you look at where the market is now, there's a reason why Pirates of the Caribbean can now sell every day for twenty dollars to $30,000. Why is that? Because they made 1,200 of them. That's why. And those prices are not going to go down. Those prices are not going to sink. And how they're not looking at that and saying, well, wait a minute. If we only made 250 Guns N' Roses collector's editions, we could have sold each of them for $20,000. That's $8,000 more profit per machine than we got. And then we could have moved on to our next title. And let's say Jersey Jack Pinball only makes 1,500 of each game. It's one game a year, and this company has two designers, and they know that every other year their big title will hit and without delay, and then you're giving these people enough time to design the magic into the games, to focus on the game. You give Keith enough time to focus on the code, and everybody over there can focus on making it the greatest thing ever. But with this new price increase too, you can go further. You can push it more. You can put more into the machines. You can make these things so spectacular, it's not even funny. No one's going to have to hear the word no that can't go in there. The only limit will be someone's imagination, not the material costs. But they're not going in this direction. This is just a dream of mine. I know you're saying, Chris, it's crazy that you're even suggesting this. And here's why I'm suggesting this. Because we're going to end up paying fifteen dollars to $20,000 anyway for these machines, and they're not going to have that much stuff in them. 
I would rather them load these games up from the factory and I would rather own one $20,000 machine than buy two $10,000 machines that are stripped down. And that is where we are headed in pinball, people. Do not think that you are going to get loaded, loaded pins for $10,000. You're not. Look at Halloween and look at Ultraman. Very cool pins, but a loaded spooky machine. I don't mean loaded like it's loaded with stuff. I just mean like if you option out a spooky machine, it's now $10,000. Big Lebowski is $12,500. That is loaded and I bet you Dutch Pinball is kicking themselves right now because that's not enough money for how much they're putting into their games right now. But Stern LEs are gonna be over $10,000 without a topper, with an additional fee for internet. You're gonna start spending ten dollars to $12,000 to have a fully optioned out Stern LE. And you think they raised their bomb by $4,000? Absolutely not. Now the sad thing is, even as I talk about this, I talk about you know Jersey Jack becoming more like Rolex. Jersey Jack making their games purposely limited to make it easier on their staff and their manufacturing and on everybody and also to make it more highly collectible in the future. It's unfortunate because all of this is taking pinball in a direction of being a collectible and not a toy to just bang on and enjoy. I would say if I'm Jersey Jack, let everybody else make the pinball that you're supposed to just bang on and enjoy and not care about collecting it. That's fine. But we're going to make the ones that people want to collect. We're going to make the ones that are the luxury high-end items. The funny thing is this, is they could have captured that market. They could have captured the high-end luxury pinball market, and they didn't. Stern did. They let Stern walk in and see the potential. They let Stern walk in and see how much money these buyers really had. And here's the sad, unfortunate truth. If you have $9,000 to spend on a pinball machine, Stern knows that you have $15,000. They know that you have $20,000. It is such an unnecessary item that if you have that much to burn on it, they know that you're not gonna be in dire straits if you buy one pinball machine a year. They know that you're the kind of person who could buy two. They don't care. They don't care because if they see the average pinball buyer buys more than one pinball machine a year, if they have that fact, especially the LE guys, again, I'm talking about the high-end collector market. If they see the average LE buyer buys more than one pinball machine a year and the average LE price is over $10,000 and they say, hey, why don't we just sell, why don't we try and see if we can get them to buy each one for 20 grand and see if that works. Unfortunately, I would be right. They could easily SLE machines right now and charge twenty dollars to $25,000 per machine and they would sell out on day one. I know this is annoying to hear, but if they said we're making SLEs of Godzilla only 50 for 20 grand, sold out. Immediately, sold out. Because all the rich guys, the easiest way to get rich people to part with their money is to tell them they can't have something. It's an unbelievable psychological thing that marketers use. You simply tell them, sorry, there might not be enough for you and watch them show you how powerful they think they are and flex with their capital. So here we are. Here we are at the crossroads of Jersey Jack Pinball. I think Steve Ritchie is gonna head them in a direction to be more like Stern. I think they're gonna chase volume 
And I think that's going to make manufacturing a nightmare for them. I think they're going to yank more out of the games. And I think they're doing it wrong. I think they should go lower volume, higher price, better quality. Become the Rolex of pinball, JJP. I don't know why people are afraid to embrace the fact that there can be a company that tailors their pinball to the high-end buyer. If any company could do this and pivot and move in that direction and needs to move in that direction, I believe it's Jersey Jack Pinball. Now, that being said, can't wait to get my Godzilla LE this week. Woohoo! It would be stupid of me not to get one. It is basically like saying, hey, I'm going to take $10,000 and I'm going to have something that will always be worth that and most likely be worth 50% more or I'll just give up my spot and let someone else have it. Nope, I'm getting one. Everybody, have a good day. I'll talk to you soon. <laughs>